Beardy and the Beast Media Club. This is placeholder intro song. Thank you for joining Beardy and the Beast Media Club, a full spoiler podcast into a piece of media. We will not harvest those spoilers like oh-so-ripe organs. If you enjoy what we do, please consider sharing us with your friends or joining the conversation in the comments or at our Discord. My name is Drew, and he's kind, but he looks like the prison type. Devin? It's the beard, isn't it? (laughs) Today we'll be discussing the Korean action drama, The Man from Nowhere. So Devin, did you find this piece drab, or was it (laughs) eye-grabbing? Yeah, that's good. Um, for the most part, um, definitely eye grabbing. I think I really only had like one kind of complaint in the back of my head while I was watching it. Mm. And it's something we've kind of talked about before in action movies. It's that there's just so many jump cuts in the fights and I kind of expected to see more longer fights. That being Mm. said, there were really good fights. It just would have been nice to see some single shot ones suppose but i i also think that one bin i'd have to double check but i think he's an actor like a martial artist though he definitely had like statham like qualities i don't think like an actor yeah as far as i know but uh i think he's actor first action you know second or third or something yeah i mean it, it says something when that was really the big glaring thing that i saw was would have been nice you know much like when we watched red you wanted to see a fist fight that didn't happen (laughs) doesn't take away yeah doesn't take away from the film just one of those yeah would have been nice would have been a nice cherry yeah i definitely i would have i actually noticed that too i would have really liked a longer fight scene of some sort like even the the mass brawl fight scene like Mm -hmm. before or he was fighting with uh, Ram Rowan. Yeah. I act. Yeah. Um, that was actually quite a short action scene as well. Mm-hmm. One, though I would have preferred something a bit longer, a bit more performative, especially like with, with some longer one-shot cuts. What I appreciated with it is like the, the kind of brevity that would come with a... Like a fight like that? Yeah. Like mo- most of them aren't, you know, multi-round boxing things that occur. Yeah. Like a, a real fight that occurs is generally over fairly darn quickly. I think they tried to ke- keep up with that. I would have loved a longer fight, but I also noticed right away, it's like all these fights are either, like even off camera, or mm. uh, very short. Yeah. Yeah, and anyway, it's like, it's another thing. I found the fights, the fights were fairly visceral. I, I think they were very well choreographed. Just where we've seen some movies where they have those bit of extended scenes, and it's something that we've both commented on seems to be missing mm. in a lot of media now. It's kind of like, this seems like, like there's just a couple of places where it would have been perfect for it. Um like as you said, the, the the fight near the end, like that kind of mass brawl, having a matrix-like take on it, where it's just following the action the entire time. Um, but again, I definitely felt the impact. So it's a minor, minor issue. There was one action scene that I really liked. Hmm. I mean, I I liked many of them. Yeah, it was when he was running from the cops and instead of engaging with the cops he jumped out the window Mm it's like a second story window but the way that the shot was done with the camera following oh i really liked that yeah it didn't feel like it was falling but it definitely felt like a perfect chase Mm -hmm. i almost think that the camera side of things is like from a camera perspective um, they did the original shot showing it from the second floor, and then they had another one constructed that was much lower. Yeah. So that that shot could actually happen, and the camera could easily follow follow out. Yeah. Wow, that was yeah, that was really beautifully done. Actually, like that stood out to me. It was kind of out of place. 
as far mm -hmm. as the shooting goes, because they didn't do too many of those types of shots. Yeah, which is my preference. Like, don't over, don't over salt or over cinnamon something. Yes, the action scenes short and cool scenes like that, few and far between, kept it from like saturation. Yeah, the one thing that stood out to me, and I think this bugged me the first time I watched it, because this is actually the second time. I didn't like the younger brother. Jong Suk, he was kind of like the one who got nail gun, right? Yeah, the nail the nail yeah. gun brother. Some about the introduction of that kind of weird comedy in Korean films, I hate. <laughs> it's like why why is this guy trying to be like the the comedic really? At I, least that's what it felt like. Yeah, I was a bit thrown off with him. I don't I don't know if comedic relief is what I saw it as. Mm. I'm wondering if there's because were, were they were they the chinese no they were against the chinese weren't they uh there there was all sorts of different region callouts like they called the thai actor like a member of the Viet Cong, um yeah. and like at some point i think everybody was accused of being the chinese but i think mm. it was more that brothers mansuk and jong suk both had ties with the chinese and they had like a direct drug running thing so i don't think anyone okay. was actually direct the like infamous chinese in this in this okay there was one thing i didn't quite get and it's that lost in translation aspect that happens sometimes because i was wondering if there was a cultural thing with that because he was so over the top but didn't quite hit that comic relief to me mm -hmm. i was wondering if there was a trope or a caricature Oh, missing there, like a Korean caricature about the like, uh, like a Chinese stereotype. Yeah, something like that. I not, just wasn't sure. Not that I'm aware. Yeah, I totally got that he was a bad dude, but there was a lot of things I can I can appreciate the like this is Gucci. I got it yesterday. Yeah, but everything else was just like so over the top. It bugged me a bit. No, yeah, I don't think it's the actor's fault. No, it's just weird. Yeah. decisions along the way yeah one thing that i really really liked about this film was uh ram rowan mm. um it was clear that he was not a good guy yes he was definitely a hired killer and he'd do anything but and he'll mess with people but like he reached his limit mm -hmm. and you could even just see it in like the quiet expressions in his eyes his his interactions with jong so me i don't think that warmed him up but i think that like brought him to his brink it's like this is the level that i'm able to go at yeah that's actually an interesting character character interaction with with him and and somi because again i was kind of getting that foil aspect mm. um, makes sense because it clearly seems to have at the stronger skills and such as well much like uh uh I'm going to be horrible at pronouncing names. Uh, Tysik. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm going with. Um, and there's actually something that surprised me just a little bit um, in that climactic battle. Mm. I honestly thought that Rem Rowan hit a line. Mm -hmm. And I actually almost thought there wasn't going to be a fight between them. Mm. Right? Because it was just like, there's almost again that look of like understanding where it was Tysik was coming from. And yeah, so it actually shocked me um when he shot the the container with the eyes. Again, because there was such good character development overall. It's it's and, weird. I can I can only throw a hypothetical out there. I think Ram Rowan knew that um sees <laughs> <laughs> their um character was a skilled fighter skilled warrior they didn't say anything but in my like personal head canon ramroan needed that encounter to happen he needed mm. that fight to the death whether to prove his skills or for it to be climactic i i don't see it as being like duty bound or anything i could buy that actually um they, i mean they actually never that makes sense it. yeah they never expressed it but i can see enough threads for that head cannon actually mm -hmm. again it's like he wasn't involved in that massive brawl at the end 
until it was one of one. And I, I really, I really like that part. Oh. Yeah. So, so I could see that. And I mean, clearly they had their, their scrap earlier and in the bathroom and such like that. I really expected that to turn almost John Wick and just have a fight in the middle of the club. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I was, I was kind of, I was kind of hoping cause I, though I really like this movie, a lot of things that are unessential, I just put out of my mind Yeah, and things that I think are important to me are like vaulted perfect mm-hmm. memories almost. I think I actually mixed up the club scene in this with the one in John Wick because I was mm-hmm. watching this and I'm like, oh yeah, this is where they have a knife fight in the club. Yeah. But they totally didn't. I, I liked that there was that little bit of subversion there. Mm-hmm. And then oh, like, and they, they were both ready for it. <laughs> like It was <laughs> like, ooh, that would have been exciting to see. Again, one of those things like, and it's interesting because I think in other movies I would have been really disappointed to not have that i'm like no this actually worked works like they just built it right mm-hmm. yeah that's i really like that structure i guess you could say i found i found the addition of the police officers a bit odd but i also can't see a way that excluding them would have made sense yeah, it's there's an oddity to that. It's I can't really think of how they add it to the film, but but you're right. It's like I can't exactly see them not being there either. Uh, I think I think what would have helped it fit a little bit more, and this could be just again that you know just more Hollywood style filmmaking that we're used to. It's the have them tied somewhere have them be corrupt one way or the other or something mm. and, and like that's what was going through my mind it's like that's got to be why they're there right um i wonder if it's a story beat that like both you and i might have missed where it was obviously the like your standard like crime drama thing where you have your police officers like your law enforcement and then a criminal organization mm-hmm. but i don't feel like the the writing or the structure made it feel like oh isaac was caught in the middle of it yeah it, like it didn't give me that feeling yeah it didn't come across the way i mean they tried to again they tried to use him as a fall guy mm. that was about it like that's i mean that that's a place where i could have seen them having a bit more impact as well it's like okay they did arrest him for this. You know, he clearly showed how capable he was. They did really good at explaining his backstory just with that. Huh? This is a civilian file. That's completely redacted. I'm like, yep, that's what you need to show us what type of character he is. Really liked that. I'm like, you know, nobody. Yeah. I was about to <laughs> mention that. Like we, we talked about this in nobody, especially in comparison of John wick. And that is uh, using other characters to, inform the legend that the mm-hmm. the viewer yeah is creating in their head about who this character is and yeah. they did that so well um yeah. in this movie it was it was definitely a little bit more subdued but i liked how they did that better in this film than john wick because mm. yeah. john wick was more of like this is in this is both an this is the urban legend this is the man it's fact this is john wick and yeah. everyone's t- talking about it like it's a fairy tale. Yeah. This is closer to what nobody almost did right, if they hadn't had all other explanations about it, was yeah. when the uh, the hacker girl comes in and throws the file and is like, you you can have it for free, I'm out of here. Yeah. That structure? And yeah. I, d- I don't see a way that we could have included corruption. Well, there, there's one other thing that they could have done instead, because you're, you're right. Like, the corruption, I don't think, would have quite fit. Mm-hmm. But it left me a little surprised, because they they clearly know who he is. They clearly know what he's capable of. They straight up realize that he's doing this only because the girl is missing. Mm. But they still take him away. That 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 part surprised me. Like, again, it was kind of like that. I'm almost surprised they didn't let 
him go to raise Sumi as that's as that's a little deep girl. I mean, that's 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 pretty Hollywood, though. Uh, yeah, they did structure the cops themselves in a way that it was clear that they were dedicated to their job and getting their men. Mm-hmm. So even though this guy killed a bunch of criminals, it still makes him a killer. So I guess the the morality structure in that. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess they did give him some concessions as well. Like, mm-hmm. they did have Sumi with him. They did let him, you know, go to the old man and basically prepare her. What What I was surprised is the... I was almost expecting a... Like the the young boy from Squid Game, mm. where it's like, yeah, this is your kid now. Have fun. I thought it was going to be like that with the old man at the end. Whereas, yeah, <laughs> in this one, it was like, no, you're on your own now. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, they, I almost expected that same thing. Um, I mean, I definitely think the old man would have. <laughs> yeah, like it, it was very clear. Um, it's interesting because I had a couple of a couple of notes down. It's like, oh, why is why are they doing this? This doesn't seem quite right. I'm like, oh, I get it. They're showing the tough love, and <laughs> right, like he goes to pay. It's like, nope. She'll have her consequences. Yeah, it'll happen. And and um, like when she was when she was being held by the police for like stealing the bag and just him walking away. And not immediately helping. I actually really appreciated that after he went and talked to her. Like, after he went and talked to her. Mm-hmm. I, I, when it first happened, I'm like, but why aren't you helping her? Clearly you have, uh, have a bit of vested interest here. I, I appreciated that. Again, it it worked and seems to fit fit with the character overall. Well, seeing seeing the structure of a disenfranchised, disconnected man finding some type of meaning because mm-hmm. that's that's a little bit different as comparing this to nobody and john wick is it wasn't really anything about revenge mm-hmm. it was this one character like finding some type of connection or piece piece of emotion and trying to hold on to that and of course that means trying to rescue somi yeah and just like oh just like chef kiss to the acting because it was all in the eyes mm. and throughout the throughout the entire film like you could see just a little bit more tinkles or uh, twinkles of emotion uh, every time it did like a close up of one bin's face mm. the point where yeah. it was just like at the end where he apologized for leaving before where he's just mm-hmm. like, I'm sorry for leaving before referencing when the, the police had saw me after the bag theft incident. Yeah. I, I'm sitting there and I'm like, Oh, this is, this is a tearjerker moment. Just him like finding that, that connection and like bookending that in such a way. Yeah. Anyway, cause it wasn't traditional revenge in that regards, but it, it's, it's interesting as, as as I was watching this, just kind of with the plot line, with the the rescue plot line, that and I'm kind of like originally like, okay, this is going to be a John Wick type thing, and like, mm. okay, nope, maybe it's more of a Taken type thing, and neither of those quite fit. Um, I I almost wonder, and I didn't actually go back and check release dates, which I meant to. It's like I almost wonder if there's some influence, one way or the other. I, I mean, it could be. Korean Korean cinema, cinema is has been on the rise. Yeah, I mean, Taken was two thousand eight. I think John Wick. This was definitely so. This was after. Okay. Yeah, I think. Well, I guess John Wick was two thousand fourteen. So Man from Nowhere came out uh, twenty ten. Okay. So there might have been a little bit, a little bit of influence there. But I mean, yeah, it's just all this. Said, uh, all these end up just coming from like Statham in some way. Yeah, that's fair. (laughs) (laughs) What was that? Uh, I'm thinking that one Statham movie. I can't remember what it's called now. Is it one of the transporters? No crank. (laughs) Oh no. 
<laughs> it's your fault that movie's in my mind. <laughs> you introduced me to that. <laughs> oh, just I can't. I I just remembered that Jason Statham was in Ghost of Mars. Oh, was he? I mean, try. Yeah, Jason Statham. <laughs> Jason Statham is kind of an institution, and yeah. a lot of the stuff like the various transport transporter movies are most of the action stuff. Mm. It's uh, yeah, just like figuring out who in the beginning of the film, figuring out who your protagonist is going to be. Mm. It's kind of a fun little adventure. Yes. You think it's going to be related to the cops. That's kind of like not right. And then they show a bunch of criminals and you're like, oh, is it going to be one of these criminals? It just ends up being like random pawn shop guy. So I think if I didn't know the American title of the film, mm. I would have been questioning who the protagonist is going to be. Mm. The title of the film, like the Korean title of the film doesn't really give it away because it's just Mr. Yeah. Uh, the American version or the American title rather clearly gives it away because he's literally the only man from nowhere that we see. True. True. I wish, I wish that there was a way that I could have spared you from that. Yeah. <laughs> Given some of the, the tropes that we've talked about um, in our off time for like some of the Korean cinema stuff and from our premium, we have handsome cop. Yep. So you just know, like when you see him, it's like, Oh, this man is quite attractive. Uh, protagonist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely there. Um, well, he starts off like kind of unkempt and like shaggy. And then when he gets serious business, he does the uh, like the self haircut. Yeah. The razor blade and the clippers. That's actually a super famous scene in Korea. Is it? Yeah. It's been mimicked a bunch of times. Apparently it's, well, I mean, like he has super defined abs and packs. So like, one, yeah. one bin is a very popular, popular man. <laughs> But, uh, Speaking kind of about that, that I'm camped, it was one of the things that I actually liked right at the beginning of the film, and then kind of actually noticed it at the end, bookending it as well. Um, I like the shot of his hands at the beginning, just showing how rough they were. Mm. And it's just like, one way or another, you know that he's he's been through things, just with like the scarring on his hands and such. Um, and then they, I think they kind of showed Sumi's hand at the end, and it had that bit of roughness to it too. Mm. I'm kind of like, I, I like those bookends. Uh, it's again, just those subtle, like small things that build up the character. You don't need to know much, but you know, he definitely knows how to use his hands and knowing it's an action movie. You're going to go eh, probably because he scrapped. <laughs> well, I mean, they, they did a great job of that in this film. Like every, everything, there was no loose ends at all. It's yeah. all booked and bookended. Well, even down to the MP3 player. Mm. Um, which i like that I th a lot of that foil back and forth i found very entertaining mm. but coming from like what was it was he renting the mp3 player from her or something to give her pocket change i couldn't quite figure out what that interaction was but yeah i, I think that's what it was i think he was technically she was technically pawning the mp3 player to him mm. Oh, yeah, and that's why she owed money. Yeah. So she was pawning it and then just getting some cash and I met. Yeah. And then at the end, like having that MP3 player and then like paying her. Yeah. And of course, it had to be this bright little pink thing, which was cute. Yeah. Uh, um, I, I do disagree. I think there was one thing that, one loose end that I realized that I, I can't figure it out. How did she escape from the ambulance? Uh,. Like that, that part just is in my head. It's like we didn't have a character that was sympathetic to her there, but she got out unscathed. Well, it's the thing. Um, Ram Rowan killed the discredited doctor and took his eyes. Oh, okay. I missed that. It didn't quite click. Okay. No, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. They I'm even like showed him later <laughs> with his eyes removed. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. No, I'm good. I, I remember them showing with his eyes removed. I did not piece two and two together for some reason uh <laughs> I did, well that's well that's a big turning point for ram rowan for me because like hitting that line he would not cross 
Right. And that actually makes more sense why he would destroy that canister and such like that. Okay. No, it's good. I'm good. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for enlightening <laughs> me, good sir. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> <laughs> I really like the interactions between uh, Tasek and Somi. Mm. Like, there were so many little things. Like that first scene. I didn't take your milk. I didn't take your milk. He reaches in the bag, takes out his milk. Yeah. Puts it in her, puts it in her, in her hands. And then she wouldn't stop talking. He opens the door, takes the milk from her. And then goes back in his apartment. Yeah. It's like, if she had just been quiet and left, she would have had the milk. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there, there was a lot of that. I, I, and I wanted to see, we definitely didn't have a Sharon here. <laughs> no, no, her, I mean, there, I mean, there could have been a language barrier there. Yeah. But from the tones I was getting from her voice and uh, the emotions that she was giving off, I did not feel like Sharon out. Yeah. No, like she was like competent. I mean, I mean, even like fighting back when she was kidnapped some i'm like no she's got some bite to her mm -hmm. um like i that that's another film that kind of caught my eye clicked with me it's like i almost thought there was some leon the professional type vibes as well um, I, I almost thought it was going to go that way more and he took her under his wing mm. more directly and well, you, you see that with again with her bite like there's definitely some synergy with their characters and I just wanted to see more of it. <laughs> well, in a way that, I mean, connecting over the fact that they're both loners. Mm -hmm. He, of course, because of his tragic past, which I'm happy didn't inform the overall story because I made yeah. him more interesting, but her also because her, her tragic present. Mm -hmm. The fact that... How heartbreaking was it when she was, like, crouched there, like, listening to her mom, like, shoot up? Oh man! After coming in and having watched her like get abused, this this is Somi's presence, a present, and like that pan over, which is like such a beautiful. I'm gonna say beautiful, but like in a tragic beauty way, mm -hmm. uh, shot where it like pans over to Somi like crouched down in that kind of disheveled kitchen. Yeah, and then of course the only person that she can rely on is the other person who is also alone. Yeah. Which is the weird, weird pawn shop guy. I, I would like to say I completely agree. Pawn shop guy and garbage. Great band name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was sitting there and I'm like, you're sounding a little bit like me, Sony. <laughs> again, surprising strength of character from Somi. Like, like you said, we can clearly see what her present is. I mean, her nickname is garbage and she's still... She's still doing what she can to get by. And mm. like she's she's not letting it get to her and she knows it should. Like she's not outwardly showing it completely getting to her. And that's just was just amazing. Well it it does there's like this whole sadness to it. Because technically I'm just coming to it now, there there isn't a happy ending. No. Only people who have any form of happy ending are the police officers. Yeah. Half of them are injured. <laughs> they they caught a murderer. This like organized crime ring has been busted and killed and so forth has been taken care of. Somi's still alone and has no support structure now. So I mostly agree. She is still alone, but she knows for a fact that someone would come and save her. That's true. She has that person now. She didn't have that up until the end. Unfortunately, she would not know that his capabilities. Mm. They they could easily come out with a second one. I'm not sure if there is a sequel. I don't think there is. Um, they could come out with a sequel where she gets in trouble again and he just breaks out of prison. Yeah. Well, ex exactly. Like it. it that connection was there. She knows that connection is there. And I think that alone 
Uh, well, he's he's the only one that cares. <laughs> so I mean, th- that's that's what also gives it a bit of that tragic feel. Yeah, because she gets that feeling, that emotion, that like someone in her life actually cares about her and her well being. Mm-hmm. But he's about to be taken away. Yeah, and I doubt it's for a short period of time. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean the. The military might come out and um or was he military i've been watching jack reacher uh clips all day um yeah so i think technically like intelligence was, agency yes yeah, special ops and worked with the american military hmm. special ops but i mean i i could see a favor being wrong in yeah which is something that I always thought is a badass kind of scene, but I'm glad was not present in this was the them running his name. And then like something coming down from on high, it's like, no, you need to step off. No, they actually did the exact opposite. They yeah. tried to reach out to the on high and got the information they were looking for. I mean, with <laughs> subversion of the process. Yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was still interesting because he said any other t- any other film you'd see that and they'd go no, slam, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because she never actually saw him, what he did to get there. That was actually like one of the most amazing lines, and like she clearly didn't see this, but I, I liked it when he was talking to Mansoak, hmm? Mansoak, that's the right one, right? Um, on the phone, and he's like, "See, you know, your problem is you live for tomorrow." <laughs> You're about to see someone who lives for today. And I'm like, okay. You clearly have nothing to lose and you are going to do everything in your power to save this girl. And it just was, that line is just like, yeah, that's pretty badass. Oh, for sure. The uh, I got the quote here and I'm going to say it with curse because it is a quote. Yeah. Uh, you live only for tomorrow. The ones that live for tomorrow get fucked by the ones living for today. I only live for today. I'll show you just how fucked up that can be. Yeah. And I was like, Ooh. You see, it's like, it didn't matter what was happening to him. He had the goal. That's the only thing that mattered. Right. Getting shot, you know, surviving that fight, then getting into the other fight with, um, Remeron. Like, mm-hmm. it's just like, and then, you know, jumping on the car to take out to to, to take out the um, like the leader and yeah it's just like yeah you you done messed up and it was amazing <laughs> and, and again like just again I, I just think it's such a strong thing that sumi knows at the very least that she had someone that would actually have her back and I mean, I guess it was kind of there early in the film, too. Because, like, like, I'm just thinking about that interaction it was, between the two of them now. Well, at the beginning, like, it was them both reaching. Yeah. Um, so if you think about it like a, like a hand-holding um, yeah. analogy, they're both reaching out, but neither of them has grabbed hold. Yeah. And at the end, they both, at the same time, grabbed hold of each other's hand. One, yeah. two... Give one person the ability or someone to care about and the other one to be cared about. Yeah. It's, uh, I think that's what kind of made that power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, in, like, especially because, like, that dip in the middle where he doesn't help her with the police. Mm. Right. Cause I mean, like, I look at it, it's like, okay, he, he shows that he's going to be there for her by just like knocking over the rice bowl. Mm-hmm. So, so her mom can't see her, and then turning away when she thought that he would be there, right? And I think again, that's not recognizing the message necessarily of of what he was trying to do there, to fully recognizing what that message was, and when it actually came to something that was tough, like completely there, and there it was. That's the thing when during the school bag incident. Like she was in trouble, but it wasn't that big of a Yeah, exactly. It, it was a, this is a place to be able to have that 
tough love lesson. Mm-hmm. Right. If if only her mother was as good of a parent as weird pawn shop guy. I know, right? <laughs> Granted, like she was doing what she could to get by. Yeah. It was clear that she had fallen in with the wrong people that were taking advantage of her as too. Mm. Who? The the mother? Yeah, the mother who was being taken advantage by like multiple people. I don't quite know how much sympathy I have for. Um, oh, I don't have much. I'm just saying, mom. like the origin, the or- origin story of mm. this character. There's definitely reasons why she is the way that sh- she was, but that I mean doesn't make her a good mother. Which yeah, means that there's reasons why she's a bad. Yeah, that's fair. Actually, I did half expect her to be like a protagonist at the first. Mother? Yeah. Well, yeah. And like at the very beginning, especially in a movie like this, young, attractive woman, um, has so- something that she should want to protect. Yeah. Like it had all the structures to set her up, if not as a, one of the primary protagonists, but at least a secondary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it was gonna be her. It wasn't. It's fine. Um, <laughs> I can tell you that I my heart sank a couple of times throughout the film. Um, just like after they were kidnapped. Mm-hmm. It's like when the, like I think of the, um, uh, in the Gulf, the Gulf place where they get in the accident mm. and just seeing his face at the back of the car, I'm like, Oh no, which one, who is it? Oh yeah. And, and, because at this point here, I didn't really care about the mother, um, but I definitely cared about Sumi. And I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, and they made you expect a a dead body, either um, the mother, the daughter, or both. Yeah. But they went a completely different direction. I'm kind of meh about the organ harvesting part, but I can see where it adds to the story. Um, yeah. so when they that reaction of the police officer where it's like she's cut up and like all her sellable organs have been removed hmm. you're just like oh gee because that makes you feel like so in even more peril yeah so i was expecting a body there like clearly wasn't expecting your organ harvesting thing i almost my actual thought to how that scene was going to go until they showed um showed her body was just kind of that I'm sorry brain a bait and switch almost it's like oh yeah don't worry you'll you'll get her back as soon as you have this delivery and just have them be like unconscious in the car oh uh, yeah i like, mean that's that's, that's, what, that's, what, that's, what my, that's what my thought was <laughs> like he had them the entire time sort of thing yeah well in even a way he did mm. Right? Like, I mean, he clearly had the mother the entire time. Um, I mean, saying that's a pretty devious plan to make make him the fall guy. Yeah. By putting the dead body of the mother and it's like, okay, he's dealing with drugs and has a dead body. This guy's going to... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, is he going to pretend like he didn't know what he was doing? He was in the car. He was the one driving. <laughs> yeah. And he, he had yeah. already thrown away the phone. Doesn't yep. have that proof either. Yeah, very true. And again, just like, yeah, some some of it's definitely the Hollywood aspects. It's just like there's so many times where that's the case, but then, but now my expectations are so subverted everywhere, and I'm like, oh my god, I could actually see him finding Somi with no eyes or something. <laughs> like it entered my head, like, no, this could legitimately be where they're going with this. Well, like, and that's that's the thing, like, especially. Um, knowing how korean cinema is especially like these days uh korean and japanese horror is like top notch to the the point where like hollywood doesn't even make up new ideas anymore steal ideas from asian countries they just keep remaking the grunge grunge. (laughs) pretty much (laughs) the um so like all the little twists and turns unexpected but still like reasonable based in the world that it was yeah like having her turn up with no eyes could have been a completely uh understandable turn of event 
Yeah. I mean, one of these days I'm going to get you to watch the host and you're going to be just as WTF as me. <laughs> I really don't get that movie. This definitely has its unique, a, u- a unique identity. I can mm-hmm. see Hollywood making a film like this, but the choice is being completely different. Yeah. Oh, and, and that, that's immediately why, why my, why I meant to look before is like, what were the releases of these other, these other films? Cause it, this movie has that, and I mean, I guess you said it does have it. Um, just, I could see this being an influential piece. This is going to be something that cinema will be trying to emulate. Mm. Right. Again, much in the same way that John Wick, they try to emulate that or, yeah, just, just overall. Oh, no, mind dying. <laughs> Quick, say something. Oh, um, <laughs> It just just coming to that point where I mean Hollywood for the most part is out of ideas. It's like um it's it's pretty much like superhero flick, sequel, prequel, or let's do a period piece, but we'll have an unexpected protagonist that is some uh demographic that's unexpected. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's interesting, actually. Like that's, that's a good way to put it. I don't think that Hollywood has run out of ideas. I think Hollywood has run out of heart. Maybe effort. Uh, run out yeah. of effort. Like they're just being. There's kind of a laziness to it now. Yeah, that the passion isn't there anymore. Mm. And and I think that's why we. I mean, we've watched multiple. Like, I mean, we have an entire animation mm. <laughs> section on that. <laughs> on uh, media club and we have yet to do an american second wall <laughs> across the board we're talking about being able to see that passion that heart throughout these films that we're just not seeing in in media over here All right i mean again bell is another perfect example of just that passion that can be shown through characters and even if you're retelling a story and i guess that surprises me because i made the mistake of reading some media quote-unquote critics views of of movies like bell and it was like you clearly didn't get the film because you're complaining about all of the wrong parts like i read an article talking about how Oh, it's a shame they had the whole real world section and it's like you clearly aren't getting the heart in this. You're looking at the spectacle and that's it. Well, it's, and that's, that's what Hollywood does. These these critics, I mean, this this might be I mean, I rant a lot about these sort of things. Yeah. Um and I every four media clubs I I go off about something, but in this <laughs> in this case they're all just trying to in, insert my own personal lens and this is how this film is either letting me personally down based on my self-ascribed demographic um, or identity. And it's like, films are great because a single film can't can't be identified to with everyone. I love The Sandlot, and that was influential for me as a kid, but I don't expect the dude down the road to have felt the same way or how I feel about Hook. Um, Rufio, oh. <laughs> why do you have to die? I know, right? <laughs> but it's finding those little parts of beauty and opening yourself up to something that's not directly pointed to you. What a lot of critics are not doing these days. It's more like I'm X Y Z, and I'm intentionally looking at it through this lens. And this is how it's letting me down specifically. They're not rating it as an individual piece based on its own merit. Yeah, I think there's two things about it. I mean, it, in, in some ways, it, it dumbs down our media, like Western media, to just be the lowest common denominator. Mm-hmm. And it feels boring. Right? Like, like early MCU was amazing. Yeah. For, for what it was, like Iron Man was groundbreaking for how superheroes movies were it was the first one that generally overall actually was taken seriously it's even including like the spider-man films and such i could just put it up an extra level well what's funny about that is iron man wasn't that 
popular a character until it was yeah. played by uh, Downey. Yeah. And Guardians of Galaxy is actually another fairly decent example of that. You're taking these characters that no one cares about and you've elevated it. I think it, it's easy to be the lowest common denominator and just jangle the keys mm. and go, oh, but look at all this spectacle. And that's all people grab. And I think, I, I don't know what it is. I don't know where these critics get this from. Like, you're right. They definitely put it on their own. They try to put their own spin on everything as opposed to looking at work. And it's just people being art, self-absorbed. Yeah. But I think that self-absorption has hurt the industry so bad because a great work transcends any of that. Mm-hmm. None well, of that should matter if the story is done well. And I, 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 I see it when you look at some literature review stuff as well. It's like, oh, well, now we've got to put this lens on. It's like you're putting this stuff in there because you want to. And it's because the story was good that you can see these things in it. Not because it was trying to reach out to be this, this thing. Exactly. Unfortunately, the Western film machine no longer seems to want to cater to the art side of things. And you're, they're only going to end up handing things to exper- experimental um, directors who will actually like try to push an envelope if they're already a big name. I mean, I, I think Spielberg's phoning it in. I mean, Scorsese is still doing, still knocking it out of the park every time. Yeah. But it's just like, I almost wish Ashley was here from. <laughs> <laughs> she she would uh, she would definitely info- inform us or have a few rants based on this. <laughs> yes, so, very very true. What's the thing like we are seeing the rise of Korean cinema, and I don't even think it's at the highest point yet especially where things are um, becoming so there's a wave going on right now in Korean cinema. So you have your parasite and you have your squid game and now silent sea. These are of course getting popular in Western companies because they're like, there was one good one. And then Western people finally caught on. It's like, (laughs) Oh, the average Joe is just all of a sudden like, Oh wait, these are good stories that still have heart. That that's exactly it. And I think that because I mean we we talked about this when we were doing Squid Game, mm. where it's like, you know, for the most part, fairly good. Definitely had its problems, uh, but one of the things we kept circling back to is like, people are latching on to this, thinking it's this nice, unique, unique idea, and we're talking about all of these other me- pieces of media that was very had that very similar feel to it mm. from korea japan because we recognized the value in that media before it was cool it's a big reason why why we're seeing this here is people are actually tired of the the schlock oh for sure the the churn that's coming out they just didn't know they were (laughs) well the thing i'm generally not a big fan of remakes Hmm. i I don't care what it is. If if Netflix goes, oh, take this form piece of media and we're going to do like a Western remake or a live action remake of this, it's probably going to be going yeah. to lose the heart and what made it good. But I mean, we, we can kind of see the way that it gets turned out and chillaxed. A good example is Old Boy. Mm. So the original Old Boy in like 2003 or something. Like that. Um, so it's a Korean film. Uh, without going into too much, man gets locked in like this basement thing, and he's subject to there for years and years, and he gets all buff and finds his daughter, kills a bunch of people, sort of thing. Originally, Spielberg had picked that up and wanted to do a remake, and then pulled out, and then it was done by Mike Jones. Um, and it's it's really interesting the perspective. So, old boy, um, loosely based on a Japanese comic book. So you can feel like there's a heart to that kind of transfers over there. It had it had its own uniqueness. 
but then it gets pulled over to the American side of things and it gets shellacked with the devil's hand. So like I was complaining about uh, industry manipulation of media. I did it in Squid Game and, and Carol on Tuesday, second season, just like inserting in production people that are not like the writer, director, et cetera, trying to push things in because it'd be popular or whatever. You lose that. You lose that heart. Yeah. Well, it, it's it's. That's why it's so it's so nice to see like the original Squid Game, and Parasite and No Silency like getting this direct attention. One good thing with the streaming services makes it a lot easier to do that. It's so easy to just grab it and remake it. And don't get me wrong, there's definitely some some remakes out there that are just you know classics like. Um, uh, I cannot remember what the American version is. There's been like several remakes of uh, Seven Samurai um, as westerns mm-hmm. that are generally considered like some of the best. And it, why I cannot remember the name of the films is boggling my mind because it's probably something very straightforward like Seven Cowboys. But, <laughs> but like talking about the anime aspects and such like that, we, we've talked about this in the past too. It's it's very clear when it's actually someone who is passionate about it making a remake. Uh, because again, I will hands down say Alita Battle Angel mm. is absolutely amazing, even as an American reboot remake. And you can tell that because I think that was going to be Cameron originally. Okay. James Cameron, because it's going to be James Cameron, but he had scheduling conflicts. So. Regis took it over. Okay. Right. And but that's why it feels like a Cameron film. Rodriguez is amazing at it. I wasn't ever really worried about Alita, knowing that little bit of backstory, knowing that Cameron created the technology that he worked on, some of the technology he worked on from Titanic for Avatar, because he was that passionate about the vision for Alita. Mm. But the key there is passion. Right. Um, Ghost in the Shell is the other example of that. While, you know, I know it's controversial. I don't mind the American remake of Ghost in the Shell. Scarlett Johansson's amazing. <laughs> well, yeah, but, I mean, it, it was it was mostly just journos and white people who were mad about uh, Scarlett yeah. ScarJo being. <laughs> yeah. Um, but one thing that I can say about the American version of that is. I can tell that, again, the people who wrote it was familiar with mm. the material, very familiar with it, but they chose to, uh, for lack of a better term, dumb down go- the, the original Ghost in the Shell. Mm-hmm. So all of the pieces were there. It felt like Ghost in the Shell, but it was nowhere near as dense as Ghost in the Shell is. I mean, my personal opinion is <laughs> Ghost in the Shell needs to be a bit looser, but not that loose. Yeah, it's definitely not that least. <laughs> yeah, it's honestly why I like watching the series a bit more than the film, <laughs> because the series actually gives it that time to breathe. <laughs> but so, so to say, so you can make these American remakes if you have actual fans doing it, not the fans who are so so in love with it that they have to change everything about it. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I love this piece of media. So we should change every little thing about it. <laughs> Welcome to Hollywood. <laughs> but my to name get back is Kevin Smith. <laughs> oh, what happened to you? <laughs> um, it only matters when people change the things he loves. That's, mm, that's Anyways, true. to get back on topic. <laughs> Um, it's nice to see that heart from these pieces of film. I'm really enjoying watching watching a lot of these foreign, like some of these, a lot of these Asian films and and series that we've been watching. Mm. Um, it's refreshing, and for the state of media overall, I just hope that I hope that Hollywood takes notice and decides to not necessarily change everything about it. Maybe let's get back to having some low-budget films that are made with passion instead of having to have every film cost 
have you know half a billion dollars so if you don't make a billion dollars you're broke you're you're not getting anywhere like <laughs> yeah i mean you just need a good story mm -hmm. good story strong characters that's all you need it's it shouldn't be hard and i i feel uh, at least for korea and japanese cinema cinema they're still focusing on that and you can feel you can feel it in the little things like when we talked about um Haruko Izumi is missing mm -hmm. it had such a different feel i and though there was presentation of various like gender-based politics and feminism in that film i feel like it was done right whereas um if that same thing was done in western media that would be like the byline and they would Im immediately come out yelling at calling them toxic yeah. before even a trailer was dropped. Yeah. One of those things like we, we see it a lot in the anime that we've watched, but I'm I'm liking that we do have some like we do have live action Asian media on our um our list here because it's definitely making things it's refreshing. Yeah. It's it kind of it kind of cleanses the palate like a little piece of radish kimchi mm. between bites on your meal. <laughs> the uh... anyways, the man from nowhere. It's a strong show. I'd, I'd probably give it four out of five ripe organs. <laughs> uh, I completely agree. It's it was just refreshing, as you said. The story was solid. There was never really anything that made me go nothing took me out I, I was completely in the story completely felt for everything that was happening uh, more like this this is this is why i like media this is why i i considered myself a cinephile way back and then kind of lost it because you know see the last half hour of discussion <laughs> well that's a good way um, it's it's films like this that I easily grow bored of the people in super suits. Yeah. It's it's always this the same thing over and over and over again. Be either a super dumbed down redemption story or super dumbed down a hero's journey. Something yeah. like that. Like just basic in surface level. Whereas yeah. finding a movie that actually has characters finding a movie that actually knows what it's what it is yeah. and doesn't pretend like it's something else and that's a good way to put it it's just you know there, there's the idea of there's only like 10 stories in the world mm -hmm. but how you characterize them how you it, it's how you differentiate from that base story like you reference the hero's journey it's it's common across cultures it's everywhere but if you do it right it doesn't matter that it's the hero's journey yeah it's, it's, well it's just how the story is told yeah exactly like um, i i can tell a mundane story in such a way that you'll be gripping till the end where you realize oh this guy didn't actually say anything of importance yeah it's just all <laughs> the words you use how you yeah. tell the story yeah exactly and it's i just want to see the passion come back <laughs> Agreed. Like I, I want that heart telling when most of the films we have on our list, like we don't have re new films on our list. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, to be fair, to be fair, when you strain it all down, current cinema ends up being hit story superhero story romantic comedy some type of drivel and then sometimes an interesting story the the reason why most of our stuff is older uh, stuff that we either want to see or have seen is simply it's a larger pool mm, that's fair well i guess i'll wrap it up <laughs> <laughs>
With that, this has been Beardy and the Beast Media Club. As always, if you like what we do, like and subscribe, or join the conversation in the comments or at our Discord. Join us next time, where we discuss the Studio Chizu film, Boy and the Beast. Later. <laughs>